quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Just start posting and get your name out there now, even if you're just learning what ARV means. 90% 90% of the population doesn't know what that means. So that's some material right there. You know, that's something you can help teach other people. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guest, David Sanford. David is joining us from Richmond, Virginia. He is active duty army and David's portfolio consists of 55 single family homes and $2.6 million in commercial real estate. David, thank you for joining us. And how are you today? Hey man, doing really well. It's a beautiful day outside to be February. I'm outside today in short sleeves. So it's a great day, but doing well. And thanks for having me today. It's our pleasure to have you. And thanks for that poke coming from Richmond, Virginia, the nice temperate climate down there. We're up North. It's a little colder. David, before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, so my background, largely so I got invested or interested in investing in real estate back in 2016, where I started picking up single family houses. Pretty slow progression from 2016 to 2019. So within those three years, I only got up eight houses. But then I realized the power of using other people's money and started raising capital. And then from there, I went from eight houses up to 50 houses over like the next two years. So I closed out 2022. I about 55 current properties, and then I've done maybe a dozen to probably close to like two dozen flips. And then this year, I decided to kind of take the leap into the commercial world. So I started looking at some commercial assets here recently. All right. You're going to have to back up for me for a second. In two years, you added how many houses? Two years. It was probably 40, 45 houses, something like that. That's incredible. And all while you're full-time military. Yep. Active duty Army National Guard. I serve as a recruiter in the Richmond area of Virginia. Got it. And do you have a team or was this all done solo? I don't think you can do that kind of gross solo, right. <laughs> working full time. Who's yeah, on your team? I had a team. I had like a, a boots on ground person that was kind of like, um, you know, I should have had two people truthfully, but I had him kind of running materials to sites and checking out new houses, new properties, handling the acquisitions, trying to find deals and whatnot. And then I had a, a team of virtual assistants as well. Got it. And what was the transition into commercial real estate and what was your mindset? Why? Were the single families getting overwhelming? I think I just looked at the scalability. In the single family world, it's, it's a great asset. It's a, it's a low barrier to entry um, considered when you're looking at commercial properties. And single family, I just realized if I want to scale and get where I want to get, I got to up the game, right? So I got to step into larger deals and kind of do the stack as many people refer to it as. So back in September, 2022, I decided it's time. I went to like a, a real estate conference here in Richmond. Just got super motivated. I met a lot of people that were doing really big deals and I was like, I, I really want to do that. So I uh, left the conference and kind of got to work with looking at that. What is the stack? The stacks, essentially you just go from like a single family house and then your next one's like a duplex and then you go to like a, a four unit and then an eight unit and then a 16 and just kind of keep doubling it and just kind of stack it from there. So when I left in September that, that meeting, I was like, I'm gonna go find a, a multifamily property but office space came across my plate and it was too good of a deal you know it pins it out excellent so I, I was like oh maybe this is my sign this is <laughs> you know maybe i'll pursue the office space what does that mean it came across your plate was it just an email so sent when, to you 
So when I was at the conference in September, like I said, when I left there, I immediately was like, I'm going to get into the commercial space. So I called dozens of commercial brokers in the area and nobody would take me serious because I hadn't done a deal yet. So it was a little bit unmotivated. It was just a little difficult to get into the space, but one broker finally took me serious and he actually sent me a deal and he was like, I think you should take a look at it. It's not multifamily like you're mentioning, but it is a commercial asset. So sent it to me and it, it was kind of like what you know I was looking at him like what, what's the catch here like I know I'm new in this industry but you know this is looking a little bit too good so um, yeah we, we dug into it and you know we just closed on it about two weeks ago and it's a great asset to pick up can we dive into the numbers and the asset yeah what was the purchase price I'll back it up a little bit further so the broker that sent it to me he's actually a residential real estate agent but this property was posted on the, the residential MLS even though it's a commercial property so you're not going to find it on like your loop nets and you're not going to find it on Zillow. It was just kind of like buried in the MLS. So they had nobody was interested in the property. So this one was a 7,000 square foot doctor office. The tenant had been there for 18 years. So you know, they're very well known in the area. They were asking 1.1 million for it. So went and looked at the property. And while we were looking at that one, they were like, oh, you know, if you're, if you're interested, you know, like there's an, another property we have that. We're asking 1.5 for it's uh, roughly 13,000 square feet of medical office space. And I was like, well, hey, like, sounds great. You know, let's, let's take a look at both. And then I made I looked at both of them and then um, combined it was a $2.6 million that they were asking, which is exactly what the tax assessment was on it. And it was bringing in $23,000 a month in rent. So I was like, yeah, let's, let's look at this. Yeah. And we got on the contract. Are these triple net properties? Yes, both of them are tripping that. I was looking at it like this, is, you know, I'm not really sure why nobody else is interested in this or anything or what the catch is, but it was just, everything worked out really well. Yeah, I've been sharing that tip to the best ever listeners for the better part of 10 years. Well, I've been sharing it with people, but the best ever listeners since I've been doing this podcast, one of the greatest ways to find commercial deals is to look at the residential MLS for when residential realtors post commercial deals. What's the cash on cash on both of them? This one, when the seller brought it to me, they were telling me that they had the other property there and uh, they were asking however much they were asking. And I was like, well, I don't know if I can really afford a down payment on the whole thing there. So I would definitely be interested in taking both properties, but I need some help with some seller carry. So I asked them my initial offer. I was like, I'll give you what you're asking, but I really need you to carry 25% of the purchase for me. And they agreed at two and a half percent interest for how long it's amortized over 15 years but a seven-year balloon on it so if you had gotten a loan with 20 percent down you could have gotten paid to buy these two properties and you could have made monthly cash flow with no money out of pocket i'm assuming your loan is 25 percent down yeah so they carry 25 percent, and then i have a bank that brought 70 percent and then I just put in 5%. So I put in like 130000 on it. You ask the cash on cash, it's like 40% or something like that. David, did you look for lenders that would do lower down payments? I looked for tons of lenders. I, that was uh, almost the hardest part of the deal is every lender I approached, they wouldn't let anybody carry a second on it. So I was having a hard time finding a lender that would. And then the ones that would allow a second, even though the leases were triple net, they were still deducting 30% of the rents. So once you take that out of the rent and then what's left, plus this, the coverage ratio just wasn't there that they were looking for. How long are these leases good for? The, the leases, there were three-year leases. So there's about two and a half years left on them. Okay. And again, the cash on cash, do you know what that is for these properties? Percentage-wise, it's like 40% on this one. Yeah. 
which is shocking that you couldn't find lenders willing to do more. Did you consider partnering with anybody that has lending relationships? I don't have a network that large yet. So I did reach out to some folks, but I couldn't find anybody that could come to the table with enough cash. Okay. And going forward, you're increasing your commercial network knowing that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I took down that deal and I was like, you know, I've I've been behind the scenes in the residential space. You know, the average friend of mine probably doesn't know what I'm doing. So I was like, I really need to get my name out there and start, you know, talking about what I'm doing and growing my networks that way. For the next deal, I'm, I'm ready to go a little bit, a little bit better. A lot to talk about here. But before we dive into that, the question that I wanted to ask is, you set out on this journey to acquire multifamily. Are you still looking for multifamily or are you now all commercial? Yeah, I'll continue looking for multifamily. I think that's where I would prefer to be. And you, you find forty percent uh, cash in cash in multifamily. <laughs> I'll aim for it. I don't know. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see. I feel like with rates being high, I feel like you have a little bit more leverage of, of requesting some seller finance portion, and then we'll see. Hopefully, that yeah. will be a, an amazing <clears throat> target to hit. So you're in a good position because now you can look at commercial assets as well as residential multifamily, right? So the potential pool of deals has opened up for you. Let's dive into a couple of things that you mentioned earlier on. The brokers wouldn't take you seriously. How did you get the one broker to take you seriously? Were they new? What did you do differently with that one broker? No, he, he wasn't new at all. They just, I think the, the, the only thing that really helped is- So they just took a chance on you? Yeah, exactly. There was a mutual connection there. So you know, they always say like your, your network is your net worth. And I think that kind of came into play on this one. So- this particular broker, he was a residential agent, like I said, residential agent, but he had sold a house to a great friend of mine. I think we saw that we were mutual friends on Facebook or something like that. So I think he was a little bit more willing to take that chance on me. It was a network that allowed this deal to get done. He took you seriously because of that. Going forward, knowing what you know now, how can you get brokers to take you more seriously when you call them? Letting them know what my portfolio currently looks like and what I've done so far. I think when I was calling brokers back in September, I was mainly just saying, I'm looking to get into the commercial space. I didn't really go back into my background or what my portfolio currently looks like or anything like that. So I think uh, maybe making like a, a credibility booklet or pamphlet or something like that, like a portfolio packet and providing those to the brokers probably will go a long ways. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 12th through the 14th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 high-level apartment investors while networking with more than 700 additional investors. If that's not enough for you, A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez, 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets, will be live and in person speaking at the event. Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to MFINCON.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit MFINCON.com today. Use the promo code BESTEVER to get $200 off your tickets. That's MFINCON.com. David. The advice that you would give our best ever listeners that are maybe looking to transition into commercial, when they call a broker, how should they approach that call? How can they maybe avoid some mistakes or have the broker take them more seriously on that first conversation? It's a great question. I think that would probably be, that would fall a lot under like just building the relationship before you try to ask for something. Try to get to know them a little bit, let them 
get to know you a little bit, form the relationship, and then go and let them know what you're looking for from there. But building the relationship up front, I think, would probably be very beneficial. Yeah, good point. And find some commonalities, right? Get on LinkedIn, get on Facebook, see if you have any mutual connections and start with that. And then if you're new into commercial and you have a network, say my team and I are looking to take this down. My partner and I are looking for these types of assets. It's hard to get brokers to take you seriously when you haven't done commercial deals, you're new. You can also try another approach and just say, hey, look, really want to get into commercial. I know your time is valuable. Here's what I can do to add value to you. In exchange, can you throw me a couple deals that I can underwrite? So either I think just go in there very humble and open or build yourself up and align yourself with partners or teammates and use that leverage with brokers. But nonetheless, always find some common ground, mutual connections. In terms of lenders, it sounds like you had a hard time getting lenders to take you seriously on this deal as well because it's your first commercial deal. Mm -hmm. What would you do differently with lenders? I think I probably would have had more of a connection with lenders prior to jumping in and getting something under contract. (laughs) Kind of getting the tools in the tool bag before you go to the job site. But yeah, I should have probably screened a lot more lenders up front. Initially, back in September, when I realized I wanted to get into this business, instead of waiting until I had a deal under contract that needed funding, I would lose the EMD or something like that before I started finding lenders. I think it's very important. In commercial real estate, it's much different than multifamily, where we treat our lenders as partners, where multifamily, often brokers are used to get the lowest deal possible, and lenders are often seen as commodities. So with commercial deals, Mm -hmm. our deals typically stay on the books of that bank for the life of the loan. There's not really a secondary market to sell those loans off. With residential, with multifamily, there's secondary markets. You can sell to agencies, you can sell to other banks. With portfolio loans on commercial deals, there is not that secondary market. So this bank really has to believe in you and believe in your deal. So lender relationships are extremely important and having that narrative where you present yourself and your deal I've learned is very important, or I guess it could be expensive if you don't do it right, but it's almost like a job interview. You're selling yourself and you're selling the deal. It's very important because that lender you interact with, they have to go up to a loan committee and they have to sell on your behalf sell you and sell your deal. So having that narrative is extremely important. Basically a resume, pretend you're going to interview for a job. Your resume is your previous deals and your narrative. So very, very important lender relationships in commercial real estate. Another thing you mentioned was not many people know what you do. So that's why your network in commercial real estate wasn't that great. What are you doing to change that now? Yeah, just started within the past few months getting active on social media. So I've hired a virtual assistant that solely just helps me put together and different posts and whatnot for the social media world and just trying to help me get my name out there. Been jumping on different podcasts, things like that. I've joined a, a local mastermind, different Facebook pages, and just kind of chiming in and giving my two cents on a couple of different posts. If, if I'm, of course, if I'm familiar with the subject, but just trying to get my name out there more. I think that's, like you said, it goes back to the relationships and the network building, how important that is to help you grow the business. Good. You're going all in. What does it mean being more active on social media? How often do you post? What platforms do you post on? So right now I'm posting three times a day, mainly on Instagram. I'm going to post on LinkedIn as well. 
I do some TikTok and Twitter, but I'm not really a social media. I'm younger. I'm only 34, but I've never really been very big on social media. So learning all the different platforms is a job in itself. <laughs> Wait a minute. What does that mean? I'm only 34. Does that mean you're too young or too old? No, I just mean I should be a lot more familiar with social media than I am. Most 30-year-olds, they're probably a lot more active on social media, and they, they're they familiar with the TikToks and YouTubes and all that, but it's to where Got it. me, well, it's, look, it's all relatively. Yeah, I applaud you for going all in. Where did you learn to post three times a day on Instagram? Is that the metric that builds the best following? Oh, I have no idea. I just shot from the hip. I, all right, cool. I, like I uh, You know, I'm a big follower of... I like Grant Cardone. He's very motivating. And, you know, he, he posts probably 30 times a day. But I was like, well, if he posts all the time, you know, maybe I, I just need to post more than just once a day or once every couple of days or something. Got it. In terms of social media and having a VA do the posts, do you approve the posts? Do you make suggestions? How does that work? She'll take like podcasts and, and, you know, divide it up into like little 20, 30 second clips or something like that. And then she saves them into like a Google Drive. Then I can go into the Google Drive and just kind of look at them. But hey, let's let's change this. Let's edit this. And then she handles the posting schedule and everything. I just kind of look it over before she posts it. Good for you. David, what's the hardest lesson you've learned in your real estate journey so far? Whether it's about money, deals, friends, partners. I think the thing I regret the most, it's kind of twofold, but getting my name out there sooner to, to, to find more partners or more teammates to take down deals, raising capital and whatnot, finding deals. I think I went at it solo way too long and that really kind of slowed my progression. Even though it was a decent progression, I, I think I, I could have went a lot farther by now had I teamed up with people a lot sooner and got my name out there. If it makes you feel better, I had the same experience a couple years out of my 15-year IT career. My wife and I would go out to dinner and people would be like, how's the IT business? And I got so tired of correcting people, letting them know I'm in real estate. I would just be like, everything's great. How are you doing? And that was a failure, an epic failure on my part. Because a lot of those people later on became investors in my deals, but I should have capitalized on that much sooner. So don't beat yourself up, especially now that you're going all in. So thank you for sharing that with us. David, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best advice ever. Get your name out there. I tell people now, like I said, I'm a recruiter for the military. So, you know, I'm recruiting with young 18, 19 year old kids. And a lot of them have expressed interest in real estate once I tell them what I'm doing. And I just start posting and get your name out there. Now, even if you're just learning what ARV means, 90% of the population doesn't know what that means. So that's some material right there. You know, that's something you can help teach other people. You might not have taken down a deal yet, but you're learning a lot of material that you need to know to take down a deal. So just start getting your name out there, you know, start building up that network. Our best ever listeners are very savvy. For any new best ever listeners, what is ARV? The after repair value. So what a property should be worth after you, you put some money into it. After repair value. Thank you. David, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, David, what's the best ever book you recently read? Best ever book I recently read is The 10X Rule Mentor. Like I said, I'm a big follower of Grant Cardone. He's just, he's extremely motivating. I read it once in, back in like September, October, and I've probably read it two or three times again since then. David, what's the best ever way you like to give back? I love to teach people, help people, mentor people. When I started on real estate, it, I was just YouTube, you know, like self-educated through YouTube. So anytime I find somebody that expresses interest, I probably talk to them way too much, but just happy to share my experience and help try to speed other people's process up. I'm just coach and mentor. David, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? 
Instagram or LinkedIn are probably the, the best places. So on Instagram, I'm at Deal with David. LinkedIn, I'm David Sanford. Easily found me on there. Awesome, David. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for your service to the country, sharing your journey and pivoting from going into multifamily, finding a great commercial deal, and having the wherewithal and the courage to pivot, taking down two great medical buildings. Thank you for sharing that with us. I definitely appreciate you guys having me. Thanks for the, the conversation. Best ever listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so... Join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.